We're unabashedly obsessed We've got to get it off our chest Please sit there and be quiet Hey everyone. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Unabashedly Obsessed. I'm James. I'm Aaron. And on our podcast we like to talk about things related to pop culture. And not so pop culture. And this week, it's a current pop culture thing that is not popular. So it's just culture. Hey, we we took in some culture. Uh-huh. Um, because it's not popular. No. Um, but before we get into that, um, I just wanted to uh, make a kind of a quick announcement uh-huh um we're going to have a meetup is sure. that what they call it when you meet up uh-huh places it sure is um we're gonna have a, an official ufo meetup uh to go see it the movie the movie adaptation of the book it by stephen king um that's the full t- <laughs> that's the full title of the, of the movie, event yeah of the event yeah, yeah. it's uh um, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go see it on September fourteenth uh, in Leesburg, Virginia. Yes, which is miles and miles and miles away from where we live. Yeah, definitely. It's incredibly inconvenient for us to have this here, but anyway, it's at least it's the at, things we do for our fans. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're gonna. I think the plan is gonna be we're gonna have sort of a a mixer beforehand. That sounds fancy. Yeah, it does. Where we all stand around awkwardly in the bar area of the Cobb Theater in Leesburg. Uh Uh-huh. And then we will go in and watch the movie. Yes. Um, So I think uh, it's the kind of movie where you can pick your assigned seat. And all all this information is going to be... We're going to do a post on the Facebook group, Unabashedly Obsessed, with Unabashedly Obsessed. um, And we'll talk about, like, we're going to buy our tickets in a row... That doesn't have anyone else, and then you guys can fill in around us if you can make it. Uh huh. We'd love it if you can make it. Uh, it should be a fun time. Uh, yeah. And so that's September fourteenth, around seven ish. When when shows for that week go live on the website for the movie theater, we will decide which show we are going to, so that you guys can all purchase tickets for the same show and sit near us. Exactly. So, it's going to be fun. It is. Um, and so, look for that post uh, in around the second week of September. Uh-huh. Um, or the first week. Anyways, it's like this is like our save the date is yeah. what I'm thinking of it as. Exactly. Um, so, uh, let's just jump into our, our, our concept. Yes. We went and saw an adaptation of a Stephen King movie, a book. Book. In a movie form. Yes. We went to see The Dark Tower. Yes. Yesterday. And it has not done well. It has people among are, critics, yeah, yeah, and the public at large. I think it's sort of people are like, "Oh, did that come out?" Yeah, like they did the full press thing. Like uh, Matthew McConaughey and, and Idris Elba did their. Like, have you have you ever seen? I, don't, I think it's Wired magazine does the Google. Um, basically, when you type their names into Google, like the autocorrect, it's an autocorrect interview. So. They do it a lot, a lot, and they post it on YouTube. When someone has a movie out, it'll be the two two people from the movie okay. will be on, and that they'll read questions to the other person. So it's like, "What is Idris Elba's middle name? What is Idris Elba's favorite football team?" Oh, okay. Just so based for, on whatever. What is Idris Elba the, will be one card. Okay. And then they'll switch over to what Matthew is Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. Right. 
I've not seen that, but there, it 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 really rides on the personalities of the of the people. Yeah. But the f- interesting thing is, if it's too big a personality, like too funny, mm-hmm. I don't like it. Okay. It needs to be just right down the line of like. No, all right, I'm game. Let me guess. You loved Anna Kendricks. I don't think I've seen Anna Kendrick. Uh, Kristen Bell did one with Melissa McCarthy when The Boss was coming out, which was pretty good. I am not even aware of that movie. It's a, I think it's mostly a Melissa McCarthy movie with Kristen Bell as the straight man. Oh. Um, she. It's sort of a... Mar- How did I completely miss that? I don't know. Um, it's like a Martha Stewart sort of situation. Oh. Yeah. It didn't look good, but I'm... I'm sort of critical of Melissa McCarthy's stuff since she became self-aware. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, you see all sorts of, like, from, like, usually it's comedies, I guess, but, like, when the Star the Star Wars cast did them and stuff like that. So. Um, right. It, it That's a cool thing. But so they did full press on, on this stuff and, like, everything. And I think people were just sort of like, I don't get it. Like, I, they, I think people didn't understand when they went into the movie, it's sort of not a movie that you can just go into like, let's go see a movie. How about this one? I, don't, I think it Do you is. Think? I mean, cause I've only read the first book, so I only have the barest understanding of the yeah. series. I mean, I know more because you filled me in on a lot of stuff and you've read lots of, Stephen and I've read King. a lot of Stephen King, but I think that somebody could go into that movie completely blind. So Kevin, for example, has only read like the first two books, right? And hasn't really read any other Stephen... I don't know if he's... I think he read The Stand. I don't think he's read any other Stephen King besides that. Yeah. And, I mean, he didn't... He liked it well enough. He thought it was okay. He thought it was okay. Should we say what our opinion was? Sure. Okay. I went into it with with zero expectations, which is, as always, the best way to go into absolutely anything. Right. Really. But especially Stephen King adaptations. And I, I, I very much enjoyed it. I, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed the time that I was in that theater. Um, I thought, I, you know, I'm, and, and this, this influenced me. I thought I was going to not like it more. Like, I thought, like, I actually was preparing myself for an actual, oh, I don't like this at all yeah. reaction. Which, when it was, so I might have even only thought it was, okay you know what i mean like the shift to like if i win i don't even think i went in with zero i think i sort of went in with like oh this might not be good right um but it was very good i went in expecting like a fantasy sci-fi movie because as as we were driving out there we were talking and you you or kevin said something about yeah it's getting a lot of reviews it's just like you know, if you like generic fantasy sci-fi movies, yeah, like science fantasy movies, then maybe you'll like it. And I was like, I'm going to hate this because yeah. I don't like generic science fantasy movies yeah. or generic fantasy or generic science fiction. Like, yeah. I kind of have a specific uh, set of things that I like to happen in those types of movies in order for me to really enjoy it. And I, I really did enjoy it. I thought... The I don't even like Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, like I can't. St- I don't like watching him, but he was great in this role. Yeah, mostly because he I, was evil. Yeah, he plays the bad guy. Yeah, and also he wasn't trying to be sexy at any point. Right, and that's a thing. That's one of the things I really have a hard time with with him because I don't find him attractive. Yeah, and 
when he try like when he does sexy things like in Magic Mike mm. when he was like the strip club owner. Mm-hmm. I just like my skin crawled watching him. It just yeah. made me so uncomfortable because I find him so. I have no idea. Have I think the answer to this is no, and we may have already discussed this. So we can we can move quickly through this if if the answer well if we already have. Okay. Did you ever see Dazed and Confused? Oh, I don't even know if I saw the whole thing. I feel like it was on at one point in yeah. drama class. Yeah, that's like during Hell Week when hmm. I was probably half asleep. Hmm. Okay. That was his first role. Okay. And he plays as creepy a creep person as possible. Okay. Like, I think how you view him all the time is what they dressed him up and what he acted as in that movie. Okay. I wonder if you might even find it actually really funny to see him portray that because, like, it's so over the top that it's... I think you might even find it kind of funny. Okay. Because, yeah. I saw him in... Was it A Time to Kill that he was in? I I believe so. Uh, Okay. The Client? No. Yeah, A Time to Kill. I think it was A Time to Kill. He was good in that. Like, it's not that I think he's a bad actor. It's just that I don't want him to be doing anything on screen that is implying that he thinks that I should be attracted to him. So, like, less Smolder McConaughey? Yeah, like, and, and younger Matthew McConaughey was, I guess, better. Like, I wouldn't have wanted to see him in a rom-com. It wouldn't have worked for me. Yeah. But, because yeah. I know he did some. He did some. And that wouldn't have worked for me. But, yeah, I don't, I think, like, when he is playing a character and not playing Matthew McConaughey, the sex object, I guess I like him fine. Yeah. But about the Dark Tower. All right, so... The Dark Tower. No, okay, so the Dark Tower could have been American Psycho 2 of oh, All American Girly. It could have been. But it wasn't. And I think I some of that was production money. Like mm-hmm. some of that was just yeah. we have more cash than them. Yes. Um though I thought you know our conversation on the way on the drive over to the theater about um what Stephen King his like boiled down to a single thing that Stephen King does conversation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. may have really influenced how well I like this movie. Okay. Because this story, this movie is about Jake. Right. Which was interesting to me because that is not what I expected. Right. The books are basically about Roland. The gunslinger. Yeah. Having only read the first one, the first one was entirely about him. I'm trying to think. Jake was barely in the the first one. The first one, absolutely about Roland. He's one of, he's like most of the characters. Yeah. There's him. There's the man in black. And there's a few other people who happen to make like cameo appearances. One of whom is Jake. Right. Um, The second one is still mostly about Roland. I feel like there are parts of the futures at books that where where they where the group splits. Okay. Um but I don't remember. But like the books are are certainly from Roland's perspective and people come and go in and out of Roland's life. Right. With minor exceptions, Stephen King style where it's like Jake wondered if he'd ever see Roland again. Chap, you know. Yup. <laughs> normal Jake life, New York life, well described everyday actual feeling realistic life. Oh, hey, there's Roland. Yeah. Um but this movie was about Jake, and I think that is one of the things that um, made it better for me. Yeah. 
Because Stephen King, when you boil him down, in my opinion, is about the following theme. Boy, childhood is hard. Mm-hmm. And weird. And, like, weird stuff happens to you. And then Stephen King's like, yeah, but what if more weird? Yeah. Like, yeah, school's weird. And, like, your parents being, like, your dad died and, like, your mom remarried and stuff. All that's really crazy. But, like, what if there were skin people? Right. Like, you know, like, not like, your boy, your life sure would seem normal. But, like, yeah, but it wouldn't be so surprising if there were also skin people because life is already weird enough as it is. Right. I think is the Stephen King theme. Yeah. Um, I can see that. And so I think not having it be about Roland, but having him be more of an avatar for, like, good. Yeah. Um, worked better than it did in the book. Mm-hmm. Where it was like, the first book is honestly more of an endurance challenge about, like, how long can you read about two characters that walk through a featureless desert yeah, before you quit? Yeah, the first book really was rough. And it's, and it, and it's not long, but no. I still had to force my way through it. Stephen King is strongest when he has lots of details to give. Yes. The more populous a city, the more details he can describe about city life and, and or, or country life, mm-hmm. the better the enjoyment is because he can really, at least in my opinion, you really feel like you can just sort of just sink into the, the reality that he's providing. Which is one of the really interesting things to me because I typically don't like that. Yeah. I mean, he... I have a really hard time when authors tell instead of show, mm-hmm. and describing the surroundings yeah. is really hard to do in a show-don't-tell kind of way. Right. And one of, one of the reasons, actually, I was talking to New Matt on Twitter about it today. Hi, New Matt. Hi, New Matt. Um, about why I never got into Game of Thrones, and like it's just not my brand of fantasy, because yeah. I like the type of fantasy like Cassandra Clare's Shadowhunters books, where it's set within this world. Right. Which is what I like about a lot of Stephen King stuff, too. It's set within a world that I am already familiar with. You can build new elements in of the paranormal right. into that world. Right. But I have such a hard time with things like Game of Thrones. Um, Kevin's been trying to get me to read The Name of the Wind. And every time I sit down to, it's just... I'm like, well, now I, like, I've got to sit through all these chapters of world building so right. that I understand... The universe in which this story is happening. I just want to get to the story right. where things are happening to these characters that I hopefully will care about. Yeah. And I think, right, I, early on in the podcast, we had a, a concept of don't characters where there are characters you don't care about. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's, we were probably talking about Game of Thrones. Probably. Um, it's kind of my go-to for something that I should like but don't. Right. Um yeah, I think one of the one of the strongest. I feel like a criticism of Stephen King you could have is like, okay, we get it. All the universes are interconnected. Like, stop going to that well. Right. But because he goes to the well so well, <laughs> I hate I hate my brain sometimes so much. Um, because he does that so well. Fuck. <laughs> so adeptly. Uh huh. Um. He he world builds each book he can world build. It's like it's like he's written a series because you know, like when you're reading a series of books, mm-hmm. you don't have to world build in, in book three. Right. You you got the world. You can yeah. go to a new place. Like you're saying, like you can go to a new place, there's a new facet. 
Right. And that's what the Dark Tower series is, honestly. Yeah. But also all the other Stephen King books are that too. Yeah. So like if I can if if you're like and then a big scary St. Bernard walked down the street, you're like Oh, I know about that because I read this. Yeah, there were a whole bunch of Easter eggs in this yeah. movie, like a big St. Bernard walking down the street. Cujo. Yeah. I have to keep reminding myself that Cujo is not a Rottweiler or a German Shepherd. Right. He is a St. Bernard. Right. Yeah. Um, there was also... There was a Christine reference. Yeah, one of uh, Jake's friend was playing with like a red Cat- Cadillac. The car that Christine the was. The car that Christine was. Um, there was a really obvious it reference. Yeah, they go to um, an abandoned theme park that was the Pennywise theme park, according right. to the sign. Right. Um, Those and then there, there was, was a, there was a there was a hoped for. I, there's a there's an Easter egg that I did I I would need to go back and confirm. Right. Um, but that I hope was an Easter egg where Roland is running through a a, a, a building and he he basically pivots off of a wall and he like presses his hand on the wall, which has a poster on it. And it's like a 40s pinup girl. Right, which I'm really hoping is Rita Hayworth, and it's a Shawshank reference. I'm sure it was. It has to be. I'm sure it was, with the other stuff that was in the movie. It has to be. Because, like, why wouldn't oh, you do that? We should probably say that we're going to spoil this movie in this episode. Yeah, there's not... This is not a movie that can be spoiled. Yeah, that's true. There, there's nothing in this movie that happens that you couldn't predict from the outset. Yeah, that's true. I don't think. I think that's, I think that's, yeah. I think there's some details that I don't even feel like we need to go into yeah. about I mean, like it's a story who of, dies and who doesn't, but like. Yeah. It's a story of good triumphing over evil. Yeah. And, you know, the vehicle for good is this 12 year old boy. Right. 12 ish? Well, I think, I think, uh, J- yeah, Jake is about uh, 12. He looked like he was middle school age. Um, although Ashkan, hi Ashkan. Hi Ashkan. Was pointing out to me that they had to do some reshoots. So there are points where Jake is. Much older. I kind of thought that there were some times when he looked different. And yeah. I was like, well, maybe they were, they were like, maybe it's the lighting or something. Yeah. Or like the assistant makeup artist was on yeah. that day. Apparently it's because they had to go back and reshoot. And that's like so hard. Like a year later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I call that the, the lost problem because there was a character on Lost that grew up sort of over a, like, they came back for season two, and it was like, oh, gosh, you're in puberty now. Yeah. That's, I mean, that kind of happened on The Walking Dead, too, with Carl. Right. But. You know, how, you know why that wouldn't have happened? If he'd stayed in the house. Mm-hmm. You know what's fun, guys, is to make references to things you've never seen but know from memes. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> it's a PSA from James. There, there are a lot of times when Carl should have just stayed in the fucking house. Oh, God. Fucking Carl. Um, I hate that guy. I shouldn't say that. He's a child. Not anymore. I mean, he's still like 15 or whatever. Yeah. He's too young for me to announce on a podcast that I hate him. Oh, it happened with Harry Potter, too. Yeah. Where they they grew up faster than they should have, even though it was happening year by year. Yeah. Because... A real quick segue to Harry Potter, because I know that somebody listening, as I was talking about I don't like the world building aspect, is sitting there like, but you love Harry Potter. Yeah, there's exceptions to every rule. Yes. And I feel like Harry Potter... The Hunger Games, Divergent, all of those. I mean, essentially, they take place kind of in this universe. Yeah. But, like, a warped version of this universe. Yeah. Or, like, the future. But, or yeah. Or, like, yeah. But, like, the focus of it isn't on the world. The focus of it is the story and the characters. I can deal with world building when it's 
worked in the way Stephen King does it into the story. When I think how Stephen King does it, if we want to break it down just a little bit, is he has a new person. And he leads the new person around and explains what's up. Yeah. And I think that's that's how, actually, that's sort of how they do, that's, that's a common technique. Yeah. But I think Stephen King does it very well because his tone is already super conversational. Mm-hmm. So to have, he can either do it in quotes or not in quotes. Right. And it's, it can be, it'll feel the same level of comfort. Yeah. And you don't feel like you're getting fed exposition. Right. As much as you might in a sort of Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones. Right. And I, I've read the Lord of the Rings, but it was, it was a tough, it was tough to get into like through the first half of the first book where it's like that the, we here, here's where we are. Yeah. 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 So the movie though, I think one of the things the movie captured really well was that tone. Yes. Of this is scary stuff, but also even at the most scary, there are moments for humor for mm-hmm. good people and bad people. Yeah. Cause like, there were parts of Matthew McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey's character that it was like, oh, he's, that's funny. That what yeah. he just did is horrifying, but kind of funny. Yeah. Like he had, yeah. So, and then, the, and then as I was telling you before, like one of the themes, I may have been telling Kevin this or both. I don't know. I like to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed. One of the themes is <laughs> Roland is a huge grump. Yes. And everyone else is sort of like, hey, grumpy, what's, yeah. go- what's going on with your grumpy? And he's like, Let, we need to go. And they're like, yeah, but you're so grumpy. Yeah. Um, especially this one character that I'm really hoping they they cast. Because like, there, there are two huge characters in the books that you meet in the second book that weren't there at all and didn't really feel like they were going to be. Well, so let's talk about that. Because we don't know if this was a one-off. Right. Uh, Ashkan said that that it is not intended to be a one-off that there's well, going to be good. more because there's at least they're making a, a tv series about wizard in the glass which is um the fourth book but it takes place during roland's first mission okay so it's a flashback so got it and and idris elba and jake have both been confirmed as being on that oh good so i think what they're going to do probably is uh framing story okay Hey Roland, can you tell me another story about that that thing that that you did your first mission? Can you start right at the very point that you ended last time? Right. <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's well, let's see. Previously on my story, um, I don't yeah. know. How, it's gonna be a TV show, so I don't really know how they're gonna do it. But like, that's what I imagine because they're gonna have to have a younger Roland. Yeah. Um, but that's gonna be good. So they're at least doing that. Okay. But I don't know if they're gonna do continued adventures of. The Dark Tower. I would like them to. Me too. Because I did, in, I mean, all essentially, this was a story of three people. Like, there were a lot of other people in the show, yeah. the movie, but yeah. it was basically the story of Roland and Jake fighting the man in black. Right. And I really enjoyed all three actors. Yep. I would love to see more of them. Yes. The kid who played Jake, we had said going into this, like, we didn't know anything about him, so it was going to kind of hinge on... If he was any good. I feel like I've seen him probably on an SVU. Yeah, I'm sure I've seen him on stuff. Yeah. He looked familiar-ish. Yeah. But, like, his... So, he was, he was a pretty good actor. Mm-hmm. His dry comedic timing was so spot on. There were, like, four or five times... Yes. Where, and there were probably only ten people in the theater, including the three of us. Yeah. And 
all of us laughed at all of these moments. And it was because Jake would say something just completely straight-faced. Yeah. That was meant to be a hilarious line. And because he delivered it the way he did, it was so funny. Right. Exactly. You were... Before we talked about that, when we were talking about we don't know if this is going to be a one-off, you had also... You had said something else that I had a second point I was going to make, and now I don't remember what it um, was. TV series, prequel, framing story. Before that. Um, I feel like I was going to say something about the fact that this was not necessarily an adaptation of any... Oh, right. you were talking about the other characters. Yeah, this yeah. wasn't exactly an adaptation of any one book from the series. Right. Or of the series on the whole, exactly. Right. It kind of took bits and pieces from all of the stories and created a new question mark story. Yeah. and Because it left out enough things that it wasn't just pulling the most salient points from all of the existing books. Right. They were, you know, it's sort of the, you know, from the adventures of Roland, like things happened that happened in the sixth book, I'm pretty sure. I think there was some stuff from like maybe the third book. Roland doesn't come to New York until I think the sixth book. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Um, because I think the first five books, well, the fourth book is a flashback mm-hmm. told after the third book, but before they get to the area in the fifth book. Like, right. it's sort of an on the road, let me tell you a story. Right. We're going to be walking for the next 600 days. Through Oz? It's a weird series. Um, okay. But it's definitely Oz. Okay. Um, Oz like the Emerald City, not uh, Oz like they, Australia. They walk through an abandoned Emerald City. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm kind of excited about that. It's... Yeah. I mean... That happens in... Wizard in the Glass. Well, the, the end of the book. Wastelands, which is three. Okay. Wizard in the Glass, it happens sort of in the beginning and the end. Okay. And then they so leave it's, it. In so the it's the framework for the flashback story. Right. Um, Interesting. Yeah. It's... it's As with all Stephen King, you're like, wait, what? Can, can he do that? I guess so. Yep. He's like, yep, I'm already 40 pages away from that. So, he, so I think basically to get to New York takes them like like four books okay so like i don't think he gets there until like the sixth book So he doesn't find a super convenient portal that just gets him there i feel like he does because i feel like i remember <laughs> that it takes a lot and then longer it bro- to get you there. know how it broke yeah i think it broke okay and then they were like Whoops. i don't know they the part where they had the parts mm-hmm. didn't happen i think oh okay <laughs> i think they were sort of like no of course we don't have the parts why would we have the parts yeah, why would we be able to fix this very ancient technology yeah. that suddenly broke? Yeah, it's a miracle that it's worked up until now. Yeah. Go elsewhere. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it jumped all over, which I was sort of okay with, I guess. Because there was no, like, I can't believe they already revealed that Yeah. to it. Um, they did kind of kill his dad in a summer- summary, like, five-minute early scene. Yeah. Which is sort of a weird thing to do. I know that they had to establish the face of the father thing. I, yeah. I get that. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. One thing I, I had a problem with that I want to touch on, then we can go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I don't like, here's how I feel about this. It's complicated. I don't like how much, how well it works when they Crocodile Dundee a character. I don't know what that means. In Crocodile Dundee, Two, I think. Well, okay. Either one. Crocodile Dundee one. I think the American girl went to Australia and Crocodile Dundee was like, look how I do things in Australia. Okay. And then in Crocodile Dundee two, he came to LA 
and oh, and okay. he had to learn how to make it. Right. So that I think it was Crocodile Dundee too. Okay. Um, that works so well, and they did that in this movie. Okay. When Roland comes to New York yeah. and is like has crazy ways and doesn't understand how New right. York He's City like, works. Do they have guns in your world? Right. What? Well, now that. That was that was that an was amazing really that was an amazing exchange, but yeah. more more like the like talking to the scantily tra- dressed girls. Oh yeah, or um, talking to the doctor in the yeah, hospital. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Antibiotics being a thing, right? Sort of felt like a cheap, a cheaply, a cheap plot device that worked very well and will always work very well on mm-hmm. me. But I don't like that it worked very well, and I felt it felt sort of like piece of candy that i like that i'm like man this candy's good but i wish i was having a, like a better meal yeah you know like uh, sort of looking back i'm like really did we spend a lot of it like rolling learning about new york city because i enjoyed that but like yeah eh. it did it felt a little bit like looking back on it it seemed a little bit like filler yeah but it didn't feel like filler at the time it didn't at the because time. like you said they did it well yeah it was enjoyable but then it turned out I think we also needed that little bit of decrescendo from action, 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 sure. action. Yeah. Because that was kind of the decrescendo right before we get into like the real action. Right. Um, right. Um, so... Yeah. And the Dixie Pig scene, the Dixie Pig uh, fight mm-hmm. is this big, huge thing in one of the books with, I think it involves one of the characters that wasn't in this movie's brother. Okay. Like, I think that, like, the main thing that they're trying to do is get to this guy's brother. And okay. I'm like, I guess, I don't know. So, like, I think, but I think that the thing that worked well is that they didn't try to be like, okay, here's the plot from this book. Right. Do you think that it really was, so I had I had been led to believe that it was a whole new Dark Tower story. Taking place in the world of the Dark Tower, following the whole Roland is trying to stop the man in black from destroying the tower, et cetera, et cetera, but not actually any of the the stories that happens in the canon series. Right. Do you think that that is actually the case? Or do you think that they were trying to make an hour and a half long movie of the entire series and only hitting the most important points because it seemed to me like as with any alternate timelines thing you can have one thing change which then kind of changes the timeline for a while but if there's an important thing that needs to happen the timeline will route itself back to it right which would make this a whole new story incorporating the really salient points that need to happen because it is a story about Roland and Walter. Um, maybe. In the book series, I think they were actually seeking out... They weren't just seeking out kids. Okay. I think they were seeking out um, people with the shine. Okay. So the maybe. shine being essentially psychic abilities. Right. The, if, you're, if you're like, hey, like The Shining, yes. That. Yes. That, that. Is, that is the same thing. And in the book series, I'm pretty sure the little kid from The Shining is in it okay and also a kid from i don't remember there's a, there's another another character yeah. that had psychic abilities maybe maybe the kid from the the, the guy from the stand 
Oh, the okay. the um, M O O N spells moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy. yeah, yeah. I Tom. Think, Tom. I think he's in it. Okay. Um, um, yeah. We we mentioned all of these random Easter eggs in the movie, and I kept looking for Easter eggs I would recognize. But all the Stephen King <laughs> books I've read are really obscure. Aaron has turned out to have like done a deep dive on Stephen <laughs> King without doing like a surface dive. Yeah. So I haven't read Carrie or Cujo. Or the Tommyknockers, or The Shining, but I read Rose Matter. Yeah. And I read Gerald's Game. Aaron was like, where's the Rose Matter ref? I mean, that would have been an easy one to work in, though. Just throw a... Well, we didn't look at all the paintings on the on, uh, on every true. wall, so... That's true. Do you think it would have worked as well, or better, or worse... Which one of those options do you think it would have would, <laughs> Facebook have, poll? would have worked if it had been an hour longer? I think if it had been an hour longer, it would have gotten a little boring. Unless yeah. they had added in a lot more new and different stuff. But right. an hour of what an hour more of wandering through a desert and then having a fight yeah. would have I would not have liked that. Yeah. I agree. I like action movies, but I like my action movies to be kind of succinct. When Roland was doing the Dixie Pig stuff, uh-huh. I was definitely thinking of you and Die Hard. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is kind of Die Hardy. Like yeah. he's sort of like finding stuff to blow up. Yeah, kind of watching like watching the previews beforehand. There were a couple action movies where like that Bruce Lee movie, yeah, the movie about Bruce Lee. I was like, I could watch this. And like there was another one, Kingsman. Just, yeah, the Kingsman. That, yeah, I was like, I want to see this. Yeah, we may need to watch Kingsman. Cause... And then we just watched this Dark Tower movie that was essentially kind of an action movie. Yeah. And I was like, man, I really do like action movies. Yeah. But I always think action I movie. don't. Yeah, yeah, I always think I don't. I think it's funny because I think that if you, if you extend an action movie too long, it becomes a war movie. Yeah. Which is not something... I don't like war movies. Yeah. I also... My action movies have to be succinct, but they also have to have a decent plot. It can't just be action for the sake of action. Right. So, yeah. which is why, like, I have a hard time with James Bond movies because mm. I don't know what the plot of any of them is. When was the last time you tried to watch one? I've seen all but the most recent Daniel Craig one. Okay. And I think a lot of it, like, I mean, I, I can follow, I feel the same way with, like, the Jason Bourne movies. Yeah. I liked them. Yeah. They were fine. I didn't walk out of the theater wishing I hadn't seen it. But when you, if you asked me on the drive home, so what was that movie about? Yeah. I would have been like, I don't know, it was an action movie. I, I agree. A guy had some stuff that he wasn't supposed to have and the lead had to get it back. Get it back. Right. Exactly. And he had to sleep with a girl. Uh Uh-huh. Um... I agree. James Bond is a very interesting thing to bring up for this because I agree. And I think that what fooled me about about James Bond movies is that I thought they were more episodic Mm -hmm. than they are. Right. And they actually, stuff that happens in movie one is actually referenced in movie two, three, four. Right. But I didn't realize that because I thought, oh, you can just watch whatever... And whatever. Yeah. Like, there was a, a period of time in the 80s where James Bond had lost his license to kill. And oh. was, like, gone rogue and stuff. Oh. I think basically, like, Roger Moore lost it. He didn't have it for either of the Timothy Daltons. And then, like, I think Pierce Brosnan got it back. Okay. And, like, where he, like, re-met M, who is now Dame Judi Dench. Okay. And he was like, M, you've changed. That'd be a funny line. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there was, a, there was a period of time where, like, 
James Bond was gone rogue over several movies. Okay. And I just didn't understand that that, oh, this, this is a movie in which the plot of that movie counts. Right. Um, so I under, I agree that, like, I watched those Tim, those uh, two Timothy Dalton movies because they're the only ones that were made in the 80s. Okay. Um, and I was like, oh, I get the plot now. Because, like, I can pay attention. Because I think, actually, I think we talked about this during our action movies uh, episode. Paying attention to what the non-main character characters are saying mm-hmm. will often clue you into anything that matters about the plot. Yeah. Because, it, you know, it'll be like, you know, Plot, 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 plot. Clever quip by the main guy, yeah. and then we move on. And I'm, I'm just waiting for the clever quip and not yeah. paying attention to. <laughs> I had the same issue with um, Sons of Anarchy. Mm-hmm. Like it's essentially an action show. Yeah, there's a lot of non-action happening, and I had like I had to read recaps. A lot, like as I was watching the episodes, I would read the Entertainment Weekly recaps right. to keep myself focused on what was actually happening. Yeah, because it was yeah. I mean, like there was stuff that from season one that's referenced in season four, and like you have to remember back to that. And it was it was a really good show, and there was a lot of depth and richness to it. But it was maybe too much for me. Yeah, I also watched Sons of Anarchy when I had newborns. Right. So, I mean. Like, I also watched 30 Rock and didn't right. remember a lot of things from one season to another of right. that. Right. So, Sons of Anarchy was probably a little above my pay grade at yeah. that point. I'm, I'm re-watching uh, Arrested Development. Okay. Well, the first season, because it won an Emmy. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually paying attention to what's happening on the screen and, like, uh-huh. listening to the... And, yeah. like, like, not just sort of, like, it's on and I'm on my phone. Right. But, like, actually, oftentimes watching it on my phone. Right. And I'm like, oh, this is a James show all over the place because yeah. there's lots of puns and lots of wordplay and lots of like cleverly written but also dumb joke, like uh-huh. back and forth and whatever. And references and callbacks and foreshadowing and stuff. But like sometimes it's just a person like slowly raising the phone to their ear mm-hmm. and not saying anything. But you have to have seen them raising the phone to their ear right. because whatever. That sort of thing where it's yeah. like. You have to see. You have to like. I think Doctor Who, Doctor Who, and and Orphan Black do that a lot. Where it's like, yeah. remember that person that was all covered in mud? Well, that's that person. But that was three years ago. Yeah, I know. But they were covered in mud. Yeah, I know. But that's the person. Yeah, they're very important to the plot, and they were introduced briefly three seasons ago. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, this was not Dark Tower. Was not that Dark Tower was not that. It was. I, I feel like. For as convoluted as a plot synopsis would be, not hard to understand. I mean, the basic, a a very basic plot synopsis is easy enough to give, I think. There's the man in black is searching for children who have the shine, these psychic abilities, to... Because of a prophecy that said a child will bring down the Dark Tower. Was that said in the movie? I think so. Okay. And so he's searching for these children and hooking them up to these machines and basically harnessing their powers into like a laser beam, kind of like to, a death a Death Star sort of situation. Yeah, to kind of try to take down the Dark Tower, and none of these kids are strong enough to do it. And then there's Jake, who is having these dreams about the Dark Man, the Man in Black. And then it turns out the Man in Black's not just in his dreams. Yeah, and Jake is like the strongest of the shiny kids. He's the shiniest. 
He's the chosen one. You know, he's this is sort of very matrixy. Like it's very that and was not what an I had aggr- been afraid of yeah. going into it. Is that because I never watched the Matrix movies? I tried and like they were on in the background, and I very quickly got bored and started doing something else. That's that's the series that should not have been a series and should have been just one movie more than any other series that I can think of. Yeah, that's kind of maybe Land Before Time because that should have just been that one movie. Yeah, it should have been. But the Matrix um, should not have been sequels because the first one was smart. And the okay. second, the the next two were not smart. Okay. Um. But yeah, that. But and I think the chosen one stuff came out in more of the second two. Okay. Um. But now that I'm thinking about it, it's very. I can't think of the name of the guy. Uh, Joseph Campbell, like the like hero's journey. Sure. Um, which is like <laughs> so like Joseph Campbell's like all hero hero's journeys stories are the same. There's a kid. And he hates where he lives. And he dreams of big things. And then he meets uh, an older dude that can take him to the big things. Right. But he has... But, like, he... Then he, like, fails at something. And then he gets set back. But then he, like, wins... He gets gets trained better. And then he wins. Okay. And that's the plot of... Star Wars and Karate Kid and I was thinking and, Karate Kid and uh, this and uh, Neverending Story Potter. and Harry Potter and and, yeah. and and anything that has that basically that's the hero's journey, right? Um, capital T, capital H, capital J, like yeah. is that and this is I just now I'm just thinking about it and this is that to exactly yeah, and I don't know if that makes me like it more or less, maybe less. Oh. It like only be only from a like oh it wasn't they took everything about the dark tower and then plugged it in took everything out that wasn't just basically Star Wars right because actually in the new Star Wars the, the episode eight that came out a couple of years ago mm-hmm. uh, there was literally a beam that shot out from I think it was like a pyramid and went across space and like. Destroyed well, it destroyed planets. It was called a star killer, but like, okay, you know that thing where the pyramid shot out and, yeah. and shot the dark tower. Mm-hmm. Almost like that, that exact graphic. Okay, and like people could watch that happen. Like they were, you know, they watched the beam go out and stuff, mm-hmm. like they did in the dark tower. That happened in episode eight. Hmm. <sighs> there are no original ideas. There are no original ideas. This here's my final thought, and then I want to hear your final thought. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed watching the movie. And and now that I'm thinking about it, I had there were some major flaws and and cracks in it, but that didn't affect my enjoyment of it when I was watching it, and I don't think it would affect my enjoyment of it when, if I watched it again. So like I understand why maybe the critics aren't like raving about it, mm-hmm. but I don't think that that's necessary for like a Stephen King adaptation. Okay. That said, I would like to see them explore more of the world in future movies. Yes. And that, I think, is where I stand on it. My final thought is that I really enjoyed watching it much more than I... I enjoyed it as much as I hoped I would. Yes. More than I thought I would, as much as I hoped I would. It made me want to go pick up book two in the series. Yes. Which I can't do because I have a library pile that I need to get through. Right. But at some point, I will go get book two and hopefully be into it the way I was into this movie. Yeah. And I, what I'm hoping is that even if book two doesn't really 
pull me in. You've told me that three is really good. Two, I really. Uh, there was a point at two in during book two where I Wait, was like, "Is book two the drawing of the three? Yes, confusingly. Yes. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So never mind. Yeah. Everything I just said. Forget that. Um, I'm excited to read the drawing of the three, which is not book three. Right. And and see how this story, when it is not just two dudes in a desert, yeah, plays out. Yes. In book form. Yes. Yeah. I remember the thing that I've been trying to remember to ask you about the entire episode. Right on. So uh, you want to talk to me about how Jake is apparently a nickname for James? Again? <sighs> Again. This has happened, you guys. So did we talk about that? Oh, I'm sure we did. In 11-22-63. The show. The sh- yeah. Well, in the book, the character's name is Jake. And the name that he is given when he goes back in time is George. Right. In the show, the character's name is James. The the character's name is Jake. The character's name the is character's Jake. The character's name is Jake. And the, the false identity. Yeah, his his back in time identity is James. James Amberson, by and, the way. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy is like, oh, so you can just keep going by Jake. So... And I, sw- we, James and I both heard the principal or a teacher or whatever at Jake in the Dark Tower school call him James. Yeah. Um. So I did a little Wikipedia research on the drive home. Uh huh. And as as I as I knew I knew that James was a was a modernization of the name Jacob. Okay. So, like, I get it, and like Jacques is my French name, and like Joaquin, I think is. Is something, whatever Diego is. Anyways, Spanish. Diego is Spanish. I don't know. I don't think Joaquin is anything. Maybe, but okay. I mean, it is something. I thought you meant that Joaquin is whatever Diego is, and I'm like, well, Spanish. Yeah, no, Diego. I I don't know. They they had the Wikipedia article on James had a bunch of related. Oh, got it. Um, so I think that it's because it's related to Jacob. Okay. But I don't think that that makes any sense. Yeah. Like I can't think of an ex- I can't think of a single example because I'm I'm not super big on like name etymology. Right. But like you don't the nickname doesn't come from another name that it's related to. Yeah. At least I don't think. Am I not thinking of something that's that's I a mean, super there's obvious? Like Daisy being a nickname for Margaret. I've never heard that. It is. And it came about something to the effect of Margaret got shortened to Meg, got changed to Peg, got changed to Peggy, got changed to something. Like, there's, like, like this whole thing where it goes basically from, like, Margaret to Meg to Meggie to Maisie to Daisy or something. I was going to say, like, like Margaret to Maggie to Maisie to Daisy or something like that. No, I get that. And, like, within a family, like, within... Like if I don't know if 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 you went by a nickname that was related to a name that was like your like you know I would understand that but we're talking about like universally well it seems that in the universe of screen adaptations of Stephen King books yeah Jake is just an accepted nickname for James because like John and Jack yeah doesn't make. A whole lot of sense to me either. Right. And I think 
part of this is that my name is James and I go by James. Right. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can call me James. Oh. Yeah, please. Cool. God, stop calling me Jake. Um, so I wonder if I wonder if John and James are related. Probably. Th- that they're both Jake uh, Jacob related. Mm-hmm. Like that, that Jacob yeah. turned into John and James. Yeah. Um, because the, the, there were apostles both named John and James. Right. So it would make sense that Jacob came down through that line. Right. And maybe John is also related to like Jacques through the Jacob situation. Right. And that's where the Jack comes from. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I like that. That's a fascinating thing, but I don't understand. I don't, I can't imagine a world in which I could read a book about that. That wouldn't be just God awful boring. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want someone to give me like a PowerPoint presentation. that takes uh-huh. like five minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I'd be down for that. Yeah. Do you have anything else? I don't, I don't think so. Okay. Social media? Social media. We have a Facebook group. We do. It's called Unabashedly Obsessed with Unabashedly Obsessed. Oh, God. It's so, such a great name. I know. Um, also, uh, when you join our, when you join our group and start following our podcast and stuff, if you do enough, um, tweeting us and, and finding our group and stuff, you learn to spell the word unabashedly really, really well. It's true. And very quickly. Yep. Um, but so, yeah, and you, so you should join that group, like, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that. Absolutely. Like, to interact with this show, the basic the basic unit is join the Facebook group. That's mm-hmm. where we are. Yep. Um, you can email us at unabashedlyobsessed at gmail.com. James checks that more often than I do, so I, he will respond. I check that more often than I should. <laughs> <laughs> Probably true. Definitely true. <laughs> um, James, put your phone down. You don't need to be checking your email right now. I need to erase the my my podcast reviews. Uh, you have no new podcast reviews email because it makes me sad. Yeah. Hey, we're on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Leave Rate, us a review so that that isn't a thing that Give I give us a good rating. Yeah. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, the podcast is at UFO Podcast. You decide what the F stands for. Today it stands for for real, Walter. Okay. Okay. Um, individually, I am at Unabashedly Aaron. And I am at Unabashed James. We have a Patreon. We do. It is patreon.com slash unabashedly obsessed. Check it out and find out what our tiers are. Yeah, and and join before December to take part in a giveaway. Uh-huh. Um, a fun giveaway. A that, fun. That is somewhat Dark Tower related for some people. We have Dark Tower stuff related to this giveaway. Yep. Um... Thank you to Jamie Shaheen for our theme song. Did you guys know there's a ladder down here? You can find Jamie and his band, A Silent Few, on YouTube if you do a search for A Silent Few. And thank you also to Emily Cardamus, who does our logo art. You can find her on Twitter, at Corrupted Gem. She is putting together a steamed veggies book. Oh, is she really? Yes. I knew knew that there had been talk. Yeah. I didn't know if it had been decided. That's what she... I, I find out uh, new Emily Cardamus news by her stressed out tweets that she writes instead of doing the things she's working on. Yes, it's <laughs> one of my favorite things about her. So, uh, I think that's going to do it Yep. for this week. Uh, this has been a dark episode of Unabashedly Obsessed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Jake. I'm Aaron. Smoking kills. And so do pennies. <laughs>